Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. Liam, Christmas has been and gone. It's now championship week. First things first, did you have a good Christmas? I did, thank you. Yeah, it was a, it was a busy, busy time um, because I have to travel here, there and everywhere. So my nan's birthday is Boxing Day. Uh, so we have Christmas at my house. Uh, my girlfriend come over this year um, and then I went to see my dad and my dad's side of the family on Boxing Day. And then it was my nan's birthday. So nice traveling here, there and everywhere. But it was good. Um and the Packers won on Boxing uh, on Christmas Day, so that makes everything better. Obviously, yeah, pleasing. How that, about that, yourself, mate? Is is that a new new Packers Christmas hoodie? It is. That I can see being worn. Very nice. Yeah. And um, I don't know whether you've seen them on H. Uh, no, TK Max. Sorry, but it was the Mitchell and Ness throwback jerseys or jumpers. This one's Reggie Weiss, but I don't. I don't think you can get many now. Most teams have sold out. You're talking to a man that buys clothes probably once a year, so uh, yeah, not not something that uh, that I can honestly admit to to having seen. Um, but yeah, no, my Christmas was was lovely. Um, I feel like I need a week off to recover um, in terms of yeah, kids and here, there, and everywhere. And yeah, it's, it's been it's been a bit of a chaotic few days, but uh, yeah, hopefully got a, got a nice few days to to chill and do nothing. But uh, what about Championship Week? Was it well? We're heading into Championship Week. Well, the semi-final was yeah. kind to you? Uh, not at all. <laughs> I made it to one final out of three, I believe, uh, that I could have got, or four that I could have got to. So, or two finals, sorry. Two finals out of five. I'm okay. slowly remembering all the leagues that I'm in. So, yeah, two out of five. So that's not a, a horrendous percentage. Yeah. I think I had possibly my greatest ever week in fantasy. Um, oh wow! Yeah, so I had so I was in thirteen, so thirteen matchups last week in terms of semi-finals with a couple of finals, and I went eleven and two. Um, I went five and one in cash, which was pretty pleasing. Uh, the one loss being being actually a final, um, so still still came back with some stake in that. Um, so yeah, so it was was honestly a a properly properly special week. I don't think I've had 
one like that for a little while. So it was, <laughs> was, was very good for me. Um, but keen to remember, remind you all before we dive in that the uh, the support for the Five Yard Dynasty podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who are best in men's below the waist grooming. Uh, we still have that exclusive offer. It is twenty percent off and free worldwide shipping with the code Five Yard. Christmas may have finished, but uh, you know you may not have got it in your stocking from Santa. But uh, but still, time to to go and treat yourself <laughs> in the January sales. Uh, go and uh, go and buy something for you. Um, Liam, we've just had, you know, Christmas time. I'm sure you were uh, consuming a few cocktails. Have you, uh, have you got the, the, the cocktail of the week? I do, and it's not one that I consumed over the summer period, uh, the festive period. So this is a Duke of York. That looks like uh, a glass of orange juice. <laughs> orange juice, uh, champagne, which I use Prosecco because I didn't have any champagne, and a bit of grenadine in. And yes, Rich, I did stir it a little bit for you. It's good just to, hear. to just to please you that's all yeah. i should just uh for those of you watching live as well i should just clarify i am currently fulfilling every uh every twitter person stereotype i'm not at home i'm coming to you live from my parents well not not quite my parents basement but my parents garage uh, i'm in my dad's office in my parents <laughs> garage so uh so yeah i'm i'm I, we'll, we'll call this a road game today but uh yeah should we should we dive into some high scorers rather than hearing about where i'm recording from yeah, so let's jump in. So, as usual, it is four-point touchdown for quarterbacks, PPR across the board, and no tight end premium. The quarterback position, Rich, we had Joe Burrow have an absolutely amazing game after having a not great game, shall we put it like that, but Joe Burrow threw up um, an enormous amount of points, and Josh Allen uh, came in as quarterback two on the week with Dak Prescott again having an absolutely crazy game and getting pulled halfway through the game because there was nothing else to play for. There was no point in having him out. So um, quarterbacks went crazy this week, Rich. Yeah, I mean it was incredible. Joe Burrow, you know he's he's been playing really well. I know he was PFF's highest graded quarterback um, before this week, um, and he's certainly still that after this week. Um, it, a couple of weeks ago, it was interesting. I was talking about Joe Barry um, with some of my patrons, and I was saying that the thing with Joe Barry is that he's been really good and solid, and and you know put up a decent number of of kind of top twelve weeks. But prior to this last week, he actually only had one top five week as a as a fantasy quarterback, and it was you know yes he's solid, yes he's kind of consensus a top eight nine dynasty quarterback. But actually, he's not really hitting that truly elite fantasy production. And then, obviously, this week he goes and absolutely blows up. I mean, I, I, I would caveat it with saying I think the the Ravens were missing their top six corners, uh, plus injuries in, like that, yeah. in, in the safety. Um, so, yeah, so may, maybe, you know, we, we need to take it with a slight pinch of salt. And, you know, I'm sure I could have completed some passes out there. It, it seems that bad. But uh, but yeah, look, credit where credit's due. It's any any time you're what was it fifth highest all time in terms of passing yards? It's, it's yeah, five hundred twenty-five, five hundred twenty-five yeah. yards, uh, four touchdowns through the well, air alone. Him and him and T Higgins basically. There was I had one matchup where I was a massive underdog, and uh, him and T Higgins had the stack, and they pretty much carried me through. So uh, so yeah, I'm I'm very thankful of that. Yeah, so at the running back position, Rich. Obviously, um, Austin Eckler, the RB2, I believe, on the year, was out with COVID. So Justin Jackson stepped in and he put up the RB1 week. Uh, to me, it doesn't happen, obviously, too often, but to me, that's crazy. Um, Joe Mixon as the RB2 and Rex Burkhead as the RB3 for the, uh, for the Texans. That was uh, That's interesting, we'll put it that way. Yeah. It feels like this these last few weeks it's been um kind of reaffirming my roster as many running backs as possible um yes. kind of taking that you know one thing you can guarantee in fantasy football is that running backs are going to get injured and it's just proved you know when when running backs get injured justin jackson was probably undrafted in a lot of redraft leagues he was i imagine on some waiver wires coming into the week um a lot, yeah a lot of my leagues had him on the waivers yeah, which I picked him up he's put up an RB one week, you know, it just shows that if you're not rostering, you know, all as many as you can of these kind of backup running backs, you know, RB twos, RB threes in, in good offenses, 
um, you're kind of missing out because now I'm not saying go and roster, you know, loads of. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Larry Jaguars. Yeah. Well, you know, if if he was the RB two, maybe. But uh, I'd rather own, you know, Justin Jackson or um, Samaj P Ryan. You know, two backup running backs in good offenses than Adrian Peterson or you know Dontrell Hilliard or you know guys that aren't in those elite offenses that you know Craig Reynolds yes Craig Reynolds has looked good but is he going to win your week no whereas you know we see Austin Eckler out with COVID Justin Jackson absolutely balls out and and, and that's the way that I will always play dynasty and, and fantasy football and I think that for me that's that's a lesson to be learned yes injuries injuries are going to happen I appreciate this year is slightly ridiculous with the COVID situation, but if you're rostering 15 plus running backs, chances are one of them is a, you know, a plug and play each week. Yeah. So then if we move over to the wide receiver position, Rich, you've already mentioned T Higgins, the wide receiver one on the week. Um, Devontae Adams had another great game as the wide receiver two this week. And then AJ Brown, fresh off the uh, injured reserve and comes in with a 30 point, um, thirty point PPR game, and looks like he he, he never lost a step. Um, it, it, to me, Rich, these two guys, T Higgins and AJ Brown, um, they've been pretty up and down during the season. Uh, they they've probably lost a bit of value, um, and then this week they've just shown that nothing has disappeared. It's just they might not be or have been as consistent this year. Where do you want to go with that, Rich? Because I, I can I can see you itching to jump in there. It's probably on T Higgins more than AJ Brown. Yeah, I think I mean on on the AJ Brown point, it's 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 nice that Ryan Tannehill suddenly realised that getting the ball in AJ Brown's hands is you know the best thing for that offense when Derek Henry's not there. I think the fact that AJ Brown saw I think it was was it sixteen targets had a fifty three percent target share. No other Tennessee Titan saw more than three targets. You know that that's says all you need to know yeah. about that offense on Sunday. Um, but yeah, look, look, T Higgins, I absolutely love T Higgins. He is, you know, incredible, and, and it's really interesting to see what's going to happen this off season with with Higgins and Chase from a fancy perspective. Obviously, you know everybody's been obsessed with Jamar Chase, and quite rightly, he's he's blown up. I know in the latest DLF ADP, he was. The um, wide receiver one in terms of overall dynasty value. Um, but are we going to see, for me, I don't think there's a huge gap between the two. Um, and it would be very interesting to see if you can basically get um, T Higgins at you know half the price of Jamal Chase, whether that could could be a, a, a nice, easy move to, uh, to make to get sort of Jamal Chase plus... Um, to get someone like a T Higgins at the start of the season. Sorry, say that again. You can get T Higgins plus for Jamar Chase right now, and you know Jamar Chase is the wide receiver twelve in points per game. T Higgins is the wide receiver fourteen in points per game. They're in the same offense. I think that they're going to be like this all year, every season for the next four or five. Where to me, they're one A and one B in this offense, and I don't think there should be a huge discrepancy in terms of way of drafting them and their price. And if you can get, you know, perhaps T Higgins a first, but you can probably get more than that right now for Jamal Chase. Maybe that's a conversation I'm willing to have. I think at the start of the season, you'd have been strung up for witchcraft uh, with, with that type of talk. That That's a bit of heresy there, but um, I, I see where you're coming from. I personally probably wouldn't be looking at pivoting away from Chase right now in, in any league. Um, but the past few weeks have shown that he's not invincible. He's not going to be come in and be what Devontae Adams currently is um, or, or Tyreek Hill or something along those lines. So um, I, I like that conversation. I, I really do that. I think that's a really good a really good thing we might need to dive into coming to the <laughs> off-season, uh, but I don't think we've got time for it in this show, Rich. So moving on to the tight ends, Rich. Mark Andrews, tight end one on the week. Um, past few weeks, he's been on an absolute tear. And then just to reinforce my point on not liking anything after the top few 
uh, tight end Dalton Schultz, tight end two, and Gerald Everett, tight end three. Gerald Everett hasn't done anything all season, Rich, and then throws up this week, and then Dalton Schultz. Um, I, I don't really know where to start with him because he's been okay. He's not been brilliant. I liked him um, more than Blake Jarwin, and I know Jarwin's injured now, but I don't know what I like him for in Dynasty because realistically, he, I don't think he's not, he's out of contract there in Dallas is after this season. So he could go anywhere and um, tight ends moving in free agency. There's not a great track record there. So um, what do you think about Dalton Schultz, Rich? Yeah, I'm, I'm really intrigued to monitor Dalton Schultz. I think he's being hyped up perhaps a little bit too much. He's the PPR, he's the tight end four currently but if you look at it in terms of a, a per game basis he's the tight end seven which we all know this you know the tight end five down to like the tight end 15 there's there's not much difference um i think that with dawn shorts you're buying into the situation the fact that he's got the potential to be the third option in that dallas passing game if you know michael gallup could potentially um well, we expect to be moving in free agency um, and people are sort of hoping that Dalton Schultz becomes that third target. But my massive concern is that he's played really well this year and I almost worry that he sort of played himself out of being re-signed by Dallas. Um, so as things stand, Dallas have got about five million in cap space. Um, they there's a few kind of restructuring things they could do. They could do a base salary restructure on Amari Cooper, which is kind of what I expect. That will free up about 15 million in space. Um, maybe they could move on from guys like Anthony Brown or something like that. Now, I don't know if you can get Dalton Schultz back in Dallas for less than probably 10, 12 million a year. Now, yes, the Cowboys could do, you know, funny restructure in terms of kicking money down the road and things like that, but they're not tend to be a team that does that. And I just think that there's kind of no real space for him to come back to the Cowboys unless he signs a below market deal. Now, if he signs a below market deal, fine, whatever. He, he's, he's probably going to settle into a, you know, a, a decent back end tight end one, should we say, moving forward. But if he's a free agent, for me, I'm, I'm selling the second he doesn't sign a new contract with Dallas. And to be honest, I'm selling right now because as we've seen, the history of free agent tight ends is abysmal. Um, you know, you've only got to look in recent years, Austin Hooper signed the biggest tight end contract at the time, left the Falcons to go to, to Cleveland and, and has basically done nothing of fancy relevance since, um, you know, there's, there's plenty through the years, Okay, maybe you know someone like Tony Gonzalez yeah. going to the Falcons is an exception, but I just think that if Dalton Schultz is a free agent, I can't see him going to a better situation than Dallas. I can't see him going to a situation where he's going to see an uptick in targets, and for me, that's a real worry. And and I think that right now, if you can get top eight nine value on Dalton Schultz, I'm absolutely selling that. He's currently my tight end 12. Um, and a lot of that is just because I, I can't see him staying on the Cowboys in, in 2022. I think with um, tight ends in general, there are only a select few that are a focal point of an offence. And that's the issue with the whole position in general, especially for fantasy, is you don't see tight ends be made a focal point of an offense that often at the tight end position you'll you'll see guys like Kyle Pitts and uh, Mike Gesicki play as a wide receiver a lot and that's how they tend to get their targets a lot more from those out wide positions rather than being in the line but guys like Schultz won't be able to do that and what or don't do that. I don't know whether they'll be able to, but they, they simply don't. And unless they're in one of those select few offenses where they scheme around a tight end like um Baltimore, Kansas City, uh uh San Francisco, like you, you aren't gonna get that value for them. And that's 
a major issue I have with tight ends. But I think, again, this is a conversation we need to have in the offseason, Rich, to see how we both approach tight ends um, yeah, I think, and, and I each think, position in general. Really. I think the other thing to mention is that, you know, a, a big part of the tight end kind of weaponry, as you mentioned there, is some of those elite guys you see with Travis Kelsey, you see with Mark Andrews, you see with Mike Gazicki, you see with Carl Pitts, is the amount of time they get lined up as a kind of wide receiver rather than an inline tight end. Dalton Schultz is lining up almost 60% of the time as an inline tight end. He is not that movable kind of wide tight end. He is very much an F traditional tight end, should we say. He's not a, you know, a Carl Pitts or Mike Kaziki movable, even someone like a Jimmy Graham, a movable chess piece. He is a traditional tight end. And I just think that if he ends up in any other offense outside of Dallas, then I think his value is going to plummet. So for me, if I can get pretty much any second round pick for him right now, um, that's, like that's that. a move I'm making 100 times out of 100. Yeah, I like that move. So moving on to the significant news, Rich. Um, a bit of a shorter week, uh, a short, shorter slate this week. So we'll start with some really bad news. So James Robinson tore his Achilles. Um, that's a season ender, but we've just seen uh, Cam Akers come back five and a half months, I believe it is the full timeline right now, um, from a torn and Achilles. So maybe it's not that much of an issue going into next year. Um, maybe he gets off to a slow start during training camps and what whatnot, but hopefully it doesn't affect him too much going into the start of the season next year. But for this season, he's it is the end for him. Um, you're probably looking at. I really wish I didn't put this in the uh, in the show sheet, but Dair Ogbowale. Yeah, I believe it's Dair Ogbowale. Yeah, he's oh, he's thanks, he's, thanks, he's a uh, pass catching slash special teams back. He was he was one of my uh, my my deep deep loves when he was on Tampa, but. Uh, he hasn't quite come to fruition since he's moved to uh, to Jacksonville. Well, Carlos Hyde is done for the season as well, so it, it's his time um, to be the running back one there in Jacksonville. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's an absolutely brutal one for for James Robinson. Um, I I do think from a kind of a career perspective, look, it's, it's horrific. This is a guy that's an undrafted free agent, has been absolutely incredible through basically two years of his career. But this is the problem with undrafted free agents is that his his contract is up after next year. He's only got a three-year contract and you feel awful for him because this is a guy that's probably only going to make $2 million off, off that contract. Um, whereas if he'd have been you know, a first-round pick, he'd have made that in, in six months. Um, and the concern is, is that whilst, yes, Cam Akers has come back in six months, there is potential that he's not going to be back healthy in time for training camp. Okay. You, the Jags, the Jags, yes, they're going to have a new regime, but they've just drafted a first round running back in terms of Travis Etienne. If Travis Etienne is going to be getting all of that work and all of that time with the offense in what's going to be a new regime, are the team then going to turn in September once James Robinson's hopefully healthy and upfit and say, you're, you know, you're, you're a great running back here. Have the workload whilst our first round pick sits on the sidelines. That's not going to happen. So I think that it's put him even further on the back foot in what we, I was kind of potentially expecting to be a 50 50 backfield next year. Tie into the fact that after next year, he's a free agent. Yes, he's a restricted free agent, which, yes, means that he, there's potential that Jacksonville could could sign him. But I think that that means the fact that it's restricted means no team is going to go out and spend a load of money on him as a priority free agent, tie up cap space when the Jags couldn't just match it. So I think it almost makes him a little bit less appealing on the open market. So I, I hate this as a guy that has, has got quite a few James Robinson shares and, and you know, he's, he rode me to titles last year and he's, he's really helped me out with titles this year. But is it a case of literally sell James Robinson for whatever you can get right now? Uh, I can, I, yeah, I can see that looking into the future years. You might come across people that want James Robinson to be the number one back next year. And 
get a little bit more than you'd expect. But yeah, I think if you didn't sell him before the injury, you're selling for peanuts right now. And it is what it is at this point. I I, I don't think you're going to be selling James Robinson for much higher than his price right now. So before the injury, I had him as worth a late first. Okay. Right now, I've not updated my charts, but I'd take any second round pick. I'd take a late second in Superflex for James Robinson right now. That's that's how yeah. concerned I am about his dynasty value because I truly believe, whilst he's a great back, this is a serious injury. But my more concern is around the contract situation and the running back situation. I just can't see a world in which he is a feature back on an offense in the next two years. I think right now you've got a little bit of a sell window. Yes, it's not going to be as high as what it was a week ago, but maybe you have a little bit of a sell window because Cam Akers has come back from his Achilles injury, so we don't know how he looks. And that could save you um, because if he comes back and looks awful, then his price is going down and so is James Robinson's for having the same injury. And then you also have people, they're still in season thinking that they're still in that mind frame of we're still in the season whereas realistically after this week it's done there's no more season yes there's one more week left but how many dynasty leagues how many fantasy football leagues in general are actually playing week 18 not many at all so yes there are that there are leagues out there that play in week 18 or will be playing in week 18 this year but i don't see that there's there's going to be that many um, people already looking a year or two ahead on James Robinson. So maybe there's a little bit of a window for the next week or so. But once this week's over, I can see his price absolutely plummeting even further than it already has. Yeah, I've already heard people saying, well, Cam Akers came back within six months, even though Cam Akers hasn't actually come back yet. Exactly. Um, James Robinson can be back and he'll be back in time for camp. And... You know, if people are willing to believe that, if people are willing to give you a, you know, I'll, I'll try and get a, a decent second round pick, you know, a higher second round pick. But honestly, I'm, I'm taking any second round pick for him right now. I just, I'm really concerned. People are forgetting about Travis Etienne as well because of his list rank injury that's had him out for the entire season. Um, they, all they've seen is James Robinson this year and that's all they've got fresh in their mind. So maybe you can catch someone um, maybe a step or two behind you. Moving on, Rich, um, Adam Thielen has a high ankle sprain on his left side, um, potentially out for two weeks. You, you're looking at KJ Osborne to pick up that workload. Um, he's looked okay. He's not looked brilliant. But um, Thielen's probably done for, for your fantasy um, season. You've got Miles Sanders with a hand fracture. That's, uh, that's not great for him. Uh, he's probably out for two weeks, but we haven't heard anything from um, the Eagles at this point Rich he, his pass catching could be limited when he comes back because I can imagine that the Eagles don't trust him um, with a hand fracture two weeks ago um, or, or this week sorry um, uh, when when he comes back which will be hopefully two weeks from now I can imagine that, that they don't, they're not going to trust him with any pass pro or um, pass catching um duties so his dynasty or his his actual production will drop but again week 18 you're probably not going to see much of him so do you think that he gets shut down for the rest of the season yeah i think the eagles as much as there's a chance they make the playoffs i'm not convinced um so i kind of feel like they'll that's it his his season's done it's another hopeful showed some flashes but never really truly delivered on the promise and you know we're into the final year of his contract next year so um so yeah another interesting backfield to watch and and monitor um because it'll be interesting to see if the eagles roll with miles sanders for one more year or or if they bring in some some improved competition rather than jordan howard and, and boston scott I can imagine they'll stick with Sanders for his last year or his contract. But speaking of Jordan Howard, Rich, um, Jordan Howard, this is a new injury to me. He has a stinger. Um, He could be back this week. Um, From what I've read up, it's kind of like a little bit of nerve damage um, that there's not 
much to it, but it could be a big injury. Um, the only reason I put this on here is for those looking for a Miles Sanders backup, it's probably Boston Scott because we don't know whether Jordan Howard is going to be healthy this week. Um, Darrell Henderson has likely got an MCL sprain. Um, he's potentially out two to four weeks. I can see the Rams shutting him down uh, for the rest of the season on riding Sony Michelle out. Um, it's Darrell Henderson is an interesting one because again, is it are we now in a case of get what you can for him if Cam Akers is back? You know, everybody expected Cam Akers to to take over that backfield this year. Cam Akers then get tears his Achilles and, and Darrell Henderson suddenly becomes fantasy viable. Um, do we think that Darrell Henderson's price is higher than it's going to be this time next year? Well, at the beginning of the season next year, could it be a you know? sell for a, a, a solid second rounder before before people get into the off season and realise that he probably isn't worth that. Uh maybe yeah you could probably probably catch someone thinking a bit too much about this season rather than thinking forward but um I think most of his values kind of just diminish now. So I think if you're trying to sell now you're probably a little bit too late. Yeah basically what I'm saying if you haven't got the hint is you should be selling every single running back you own the second the season finishes um, at max value because the chance of their value disappearing, as we have seen with Darrell Henson, as we've seen with James Robinson, as we saw with Cam Akers, Travis Etienne at the beginning of the year, their one injury, their one player being drafted in their backfield away from their value absolutely vanishing. So what I what I quite like doing is I'll sell all of my running backs in January, February, and if I need to almost buy those players back or, or buy players back in August, September as the season starts and I end up paying a slight premium in September or August, I'm, I'm happy to do that because I don't then run the risk of, of losing them for the season and, and their value vaporising. So moving on, Rich, uh, staying on the running back train, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has a potential ACA, um, AC joint, which is around a collarbone. Um Again, Kansas City is most likely shutting him down uh, for the season. So he's probably out of those finals that you're hoping to have him in. Um, and then we've spoken about it a lot, but it's finals week. <laughs> um, I think that's um, a bit redundant now. But yeah, finals week, make sure you're looking at your leagues and getting those lineups set because this is the week of any week that you have that you don't want to be missing someone. Uh, being uh, late inactive. Exactly that. Um, so moving on to the, the risers and fallers. So the first riser, it came after a, a, a late scratch of James Connor. I'll be honest. He, he kind of killed me Christmas Day night in a few leagues. There's yeah. the report at six o'clock, I think it was. James Connor's, you know, expected to be good to go. Went to bed, got, got to bed reasonably early on Christmas Day. Thought, brilliant, wake up in the morning. James Conner was inactive. I think I started in three leagues. Um, but yeah, he was out. Chase Edmonds absolutely pulled out. So he had 16 rushes, 56 yards and a touchdown. He also saw nine targets, eight receptions for 71 yards. He was the running back six on the week. Um, I guess the biggest question I've got is is around his kind of value. James Conner is, is a free agent at the end of the season. So is Chase Edmonds. Um I think that you can probably get Chase Edmonds for maybe an early second. Maybe you have to pay that really, really late first. Um, but do you think that potentially the Cardinals could bring him back next week, next year? Do you think that he could get a you know a feature role somewhere else? What, what do you think is going to happen with James Conner? Yeah, I can imagine um, Edmonds coming back to um, Arizona. I don't think Conner will, although Conner has been absolutely brilliant for them. Um, I just don't see that price there. Whereas I think Edmonds shows a lot more of a, a re- receiving back, which you probably can't get with this uh, with this running back free agency class. Um, so, I, to be honest, Rich, I don't like the idea of paying a first for Edmonds. Never have done, and I'll stick to it. I think he's a great PPR back, um, but outside of Arizona, I don't know where else he can be used in that same role um, as as the split that we expected from Connor and Edmonds. 
when he's a when he's a lead back, he can be great. But at the same time, um, the way that I see him is a pure PPR back, and if he's not getting the receiving work, um, I, I struggle to see where that value is going to come from. Um, that's why I like him so much in Arizona because they do use him a lot out of the backfield. Um, coming into the off season with him being an unrestricted free agent, if he doesn't doesn't sign with Arizona, I don't know where else he's going to to use him to his full potential. And to be honest, I I only see one of the two out of Connor and Edmonds coming back. I don't see both of them coming back. Yeah, I mean, it's, it would be nice if they brought them both back because I think they're quite a nice compliment. You know, Chase Edmonds is fantastic everywhere outside the red zone, um, and I think that. James Conner is fantastic in the red zone. <coughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think the issue I have is they're both, they're both probably looking for a little bit more than what Arizona are expected to pay. And you're probably looking at this running back class saying we could probably get a much cheaper version um, of Conner than what Connor would be or maybe you can even draft a cheaper version of Connor and um, I'm not sure how you feel about that Rich yeah I mean I'm I'm always from an NFL perspective I'm always team draft running backs late and don't don't pay them so if I was Arizona I'd absolutely draft you know one or two in the draft and and let Edmonds and Connor walk out the door but um He's a player I'm monitoring because I do think he's kind of undervalued in terms of what he's produced. Um, I think James Conner's taken a lot of the shine because Edmonds has been out injured. And I think that he could be an interesting value heading into to next season, both from an NFL perspective, but also a fantasy perspective. Um, the other riser, um, so it was another, you know, it feels like it's becoming the running back week this week, Lou. Um, but it's, it's, it's Sony Michelle. Um, you know, former first round pick was kind of forgotten in New England by the end of that that run. Got gets traded to the Rams, and has has really shown some decent flashes. Um, so he was the running back eight this week from a fancy perspective. Um, but again, he's a he's an undrafted free agent in twenty twenty two. Obviously, you know, we, we keep talking about all these running backs that are undrafted um, taking over. Do you think that he could potentially be a priority free agent do you think he's shown enough that that he could get a lead back role next week i don't think he's going to be a priority free agent but i do think that he is what could be a cheaper connor um because i think that sony michelle um i, I do think sony michelle is a is a cheaper version or will be cheaper coming into the off season than connor will be next year um this week the, the Rams have shown that they want to use Michelle um, when he's healthy and and when Darrell Henderson isn't on the field. So um, I think you, you may as well play him. There's, there's no one else there. Akers, although he has been de- designated to come back from IR or start training um, with a team, you're probably not seeing him until the playoffs, the actual NFL playoffs in two weeks' time, rather than um this week so i i think if you've got michelle um there's no reason not to start him um outside of your team being absolutely stacked and you don't need michelle in your flex spot because you've got an immense amount of flex plays yeah so, yeah absolutely yeah so moving on rich um over to the fallers Staying on the running back train, Saquon Barkley, running back 46 on the week. Um, he's he's had one top five week and three top 12. Um, that's not great for someone that we're drafting as a as a as the running back two, um, in, in some cases, somewhere around the running back two to running back four or five. Rich, where do you sit on Saquon? Because I thought he was going to bounce back this season. He obviously has not. Um, I think that that whole offense has been absolutely awful. Uh, I mean, they fired Jason Garrett, who was the um, offensive coordinator there. What what do you feel about Saquon's future? He's going into the last year of his deal because uh, they picked up his fifth year, I think. Yeah. So um, 
so I've been I've been a huge Saquon believer. Okay, I I loved him as a a player. I've loved watching him. I've loved him as a a fancy asset, as a dynasty asset. I have have kind of been above consensus on him for a long, long time. But about three weeks ago, I did a bit of a, a deep dive on on Saquon, and I'll be honest, I was really, really concerned by what I found. Um, basically, since Eli Manning retired and Daniel Jones took over, um, he's he's basically been average from a fantasy perspective. Um, you look at all his advanced stats, you look at his production, he's never really paid back on the price you're having to pay to acquire him, whether that be in drafts or, or via trades, and, and that's both redraft and dynasty. So I'm I'm really concerned and I'm I'm kind of out on him now. Um I'm still left holding the bag and I've, I've got sort of four or five shares that I'm I'm if you're if you're in my leagues I'm I'm not looking to move but I'm, I am looking to move right now I'll be honest. Um but what I'm holding out hope for is that he has one game out of these next couple where he'll just flash a bit and then hopefully going into the off season that's enough for him to um to kind of show and 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 I can then sell on on that kind of based on that that hype. Um but I am really concerned. I think that Devontae Booker has probably looked more explosive, has looked like the better back in the last few weeks. And I'm I'm basically selling for I'm I'm not selling for whatever I can get because that's that's not how I play and and I don't think you should do that. But Saquon's now he's my RB10 currently. I'd probably sell for two firsts in a nutshell. Um, if I can get a top two or three pick this year, I'd absolutely sell for that. Um, I think it's 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 ready to, to jump ship. I struggle with Saquon because I, he took me to a championship in my first year. Um, I had Kamara and then um, it was the first year for a lot of us playing. So Saquon as the rookie dropped to the, uh, to the early second round where I managed to pick him up and him and Kamara took me to a championship. So I have a little sweet spot for him. Um, but I think I've got him in one dynasty uh, roster and I'm very wary of what his value is going to be coming into next year. Rich, another faller you've got on the list, Noah Fant as the tight end 21 on the week. Um, he, he had only six points, only six points. Are we what are we thinking about him because he's not been very good this year considering the the price people are paying for him yeah it, it feels like he's another one of these young high drafted hyped up tight ends that, that's never produced but just gets held up based on kind of name value and draft pedigree and look i i i hold that I'm still hopeful that he finally gets a competent quarterback that he could potentially, you know, if, if Aaron Rodgers, dare I say it again to you, Liam, lands in Denver, then perhaps Noah Fant comes, becomes a fantasy stud. But the guy's just not producing based on his cost. Um, he's had one top five week this season. He has only had six top 12 weeks. Like, that's, that's just not getting it done from a fantasy perspective. And yet he's still, uh, you know, a top 12 Dynasty tight end, he, you're still having to pay up to acquire him. Um, it, I, I just can't see it at the moment. And yeah, I'd, I'd probably hold him into the off season if I've got him, just in case we do see Aaron Rodgers come to town or, or some big named, you know, free agent quarterback yet to be decided. But from a fantasy perspective, he, I just don't think he can be even considered a tight end one at the moment. Yeah, I struggle with Fant because I have him in a bunch of my dynasty rosters that I um that he was the first year that class was the first year that I started dynasty. So that would be in Fant, the guys like Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs. Um and I picked him up in the second round in a lot of one QB leagues and he served he served me well, but that is a pick that Looking back on that class, I'd probably take back and get and and draft a lot of other players um, in front of. I think with Fant specifically, he's really difficult to value right now because, as you said, if a top priority um, 
quarterback comes to town in Denver, um, someone like uh, Aaron Rodgers or even a Russell Wilson, maybe we see an uptick in his his uh, his production. Uh, you'll most likely see an uptick in his value when that happens. But you could also see Teddy Bridgewater getting re-signed or someone at that caliber coming back or going to Denver or even uh, uh, Drew Locke being the answer there, which probably isn't the right way to put it, but maybe maybe Drew Locke is the is the starter next year and they struggle no, with there's no world there's no world where they can go with Drew Locke after benching him this year they can't then go back to him I don't know because who else are you going to go with that, that's my biggest issue with it um but yeah fans I, I don't like his value right now and I'm holding where I can because I don't I think if you're playing in a smart league you well, most can't get I can't get any value at the moment. I think, exactly. You know, people just look at what he's produced. He's not produced at all, is he? Exactly. So moving on, Rich, we have the stars of the week. Do you want to go with yours first? Yeah. So mine's um, Stephon Diggs. So I think people have been a little bit disappointed with Stephon Diggs because I don't think he's paid the price that, from a redraft perspective, that he was being drafted. I think he was, you know, a top three wide receiver at the beginning of the year. Um, I think dynasty people were had him in the you know a solid wide receiver one range. I think he was a top ten dynasty wide receiver. But actually, he he's been sneaky all right. Um, I think he you know he's he's had a twenty one and a half point t- uh, performance on Sunday. Um, he's currently the wide receiver eight uh, on the week, but he, he's wide receiver seven overall on the season, which I I was a little surprised that he was that high. Um, and I think that he's he's turning into just a bit of a kind of under the radar solid option. I think he's got decent rapport. He's got a decent quarterback that's going nowhere. Um, he's yes, he's 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 due big money the next two years. He's he's going to get paid seventeen million next year and seventeen million twenty twenty three. And both of those years, the Bills could actually save money if they did decide to cut him. So. That always makes me a little bit nervous from a um, kind of a player stability perspective. But I do wonder if this is a guy that I think is is going to put out wide receiver one, maybe wide receiver two numbers for the next couple of years. And I do wonder if if we start to see him creep down in terms of his value outside of that top 12, um, maybe into that sort of wide receiver two range. He, he could be a sneaky kind of pickup in terms of his value. Looking at his contract numbers, there are massive savings. So I believe they're saving around nine mil if they were to cut him, eight, nine mil if they were to cut him next year. Um, and a lot more than that. I think it's about 13 mil the year after. But I don't see them cutting him because of how big of a, a, a part of that offense he is. I think you're most likely going to see Cole Beasley um, gone next year, either. I can't remember who's a free agent, but either because of that or he's going to get cut, I don't think that Beasley is going to bring around next year. So I think Diggs is, is to me, locked in in that Bills offence next year and potentially for the next two years. And as you said, Rich, he's a very sneaky top uh, top 10 wide receiver at the moment. Um, up until a few weeks ago, I didn't realise how sneaky good he has been this year. Um, and when I was scrolling through on season-long um, production, um, I noticed he was quite high up, and that was a massive surprise to me. So, um, I think because he's he's been a disappointment, hasn't he? People have, yes, because yeah. because he was you know obviously a you know a, a top three wide receiver where he's being drafted uh, from a redraft perspective. The fact he's the wide receiver seven, he's he's underperforming his draft stock, isn't he? And I think that whenever that happens, people become Sam. somewhat of a value i yeah. think um so yeah no I, I do i do think he could potentially be a decent value who was your star of the week Liam? yeah so mine is damien harris um this is a guy that i've never been quite high on um but he had an absolutely great game he was the obby four on the week um just on 18 attempts he had 103 yards and three touchdowns on the ground rich i need to gauge your input on this because i'm not sure on um on his value right now 
he's got he had a 5.72 yards per carry. <clears throat> Excuse me, 5.72 yards per carry. I am on the week last week, but he's only had 15 targets on the year, which to me is not what I want to be seeing from my uh, my running backs. I know that he had a high high yards per carry this week, and you're going to say that it's an offensive line stat, but the running back still has to run those 5.72 carry, uh, yards per carry. Um, I think with me, I think this could be a sell-high window for Harris. You're seeing um, Ramondre Stevenson being a good back there. I don't think that he's going to be a, a lead back in um, New England because I don't like the New England backfield and I don't think anyone is ever going to be a lead back there. But I think Stevenson is going to see much more of a role next year. And with Harris only being a, a, a threat on the ground, basically, as, as this year has shown, 15 targets on the year. He's also had 12 touchdowns this year, and we both say it, um, everyone in the community tends to say it is touchdowns are a, a very off and on stat. They're a bit random you can't really say oh well this person gets 12 touchdowns this year it's going to happen next year because they seem to be pretty lucky um when you look at people's season-long averages on touchdowns so rich i don't know where you fall on damian harris because uh, as i as i've said I, I feel like there's not much value there for me but you could probably be selling him for more than what i would be willing to give up right now yeah, absolutely. I, you know, he's he's in that volume-based RB two bucket for me. Um, I think the lack of receiving work. I think the fact, as you said, you've got James White coming back into the fold next year. You've got Mondre Stevenson, who I expect to take a bigger role next year. And I like Damian Harris, the rusher, from an NFL perspective. I think I think he's a you know a, an above-average running back. Um, but from a fancy value, I think if you can sell high, absolutely. My concern is, I don't know how high you can sell him right now. I'd I'd probably take a mid seconds. Um, I don't know if you're getting much more than that. Um, but yeah, he, he's a bit of a mare back, isn't he? You never feel great yeah. starting him. He, he's not sexy. He's he's not anything particularly exciting. He he's just sort of mare, isn't he? Yeah, um, I will say James White is a free agent next year, so um, he isn't coming back to the fold. But I expect I, him I to sign. Do. They'll yeah. they'll they'll do good by him unless unless he goes down to Tampa with Tom Brady for one last ride. I I think they'll do good. He's, yeah. he's a potential Ring of Honor guy, isn't he? Up in New England, yeah. so I expect them to potentially resign him again. He's he's still elite at what he does. Yeah, um, he definitely is the deep dive player of the week, Liam. Um, so. I've dug a little bit deeper for you. You moaned, you moaned about my calling son last <laughs> week. So it's going to be Donovan Peoples-Jones. So he is coming off a one reception for five yard uh, performance. Is, is is that deep enough for you? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that one, even yeah. though he's the wide receiver two in that offense now. Yeah. Um, so he, he did see six targets, though. He did see 136 air yards. Um, and I guess... Look, I, I, I'm I'm not a lover of the player. I'm not a lover of the talent. Um, but I am very intrigued because Baker Mayfield is absolutely dreadful. I think that there was a lot of talk about this year. Baker Mayfield's playing for a big term contract. Are the Browns going to resign him? I think that decision's done. I think Baker Mayfield days in in Cleveland are done. I cannot see any world that the Cleveland Browns resign Baker, and he is their starting quarterback next year. So, could we potentially see Donovan People Jones get an upgrade at quarterback? Well, it, it can't really get any worse. Okay. Jarvis Landry is likely out of the door at the end of the season. Now, yes, they will probably bring in a free agent. Yes, they will probably draft one, if not two players. I don't think Donovan People Jones is going to be the number one in this offense. But this is a guy that you can probably get for a third at the moment, maybe even less. And I honestly think that next year with an upgraded quarterback, he could put up a wide receiver four, wide receiver five season. Now, yes, I know people are probably sitting here listening going, day three picks don't matter. Day three wide receivers are non-existent. <laughs> I agree. I don't think they will ever be elite fancy producers. And I don't think Donovan People-Jones is ever going to be a 
top 24, probably even a top 36 wide receiver. But you don't, you're not having to pay that price. I think that if you can get him now as your wide receiver five, wide receiver six, why not go and get it? Why not see what happens through the next few weeks? What, why not see, you know, if the Cleveland Browns go out and get Aaron Rodgers, if the Cleveland Browns go out and draft the wide receiver and sign Devontae Adams, and Donovan Peoples-Jones is the wide receiver two across from Devontae Adams, are you telling me that he's he's not going to have some kind of MVS potential in, in that offence? Yeah, MVS or, or Lazard. Um, I don't think that he's a better blocker than Lazard, but I think he could fill that type of role, he's, especially he's with a big body downfield. He's a big body downfield threat, isn't he? You know, he's as you see from that A yards, he's, he's getting 130 A yards on six targets. Like the the guy commands the ball down the field. He's he's competent at contested catches, and I think that if he gets, yes, you know, Baker Mayfield has got an a strong arm in terms of he can throw the ball a mile. He can't throw the ball very fast and and get it in tight windows, but he throws the ball a mile. But he is terrible. I don't know if you've seen the game from Sunday. You know, some of those, some of those deep shots. We're, we're just appalling, and and I do wonder if we could see a a bounce back from People Jones next year with a competent quarterback. I I do like the idea of him being a uh, being a, a nice little buy right now. Uh, I'm just trying to pull up his player profiler compared to our Chris Wilder scouting because I want to, <laughs> I want to see how close they are um, by running back uh, 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 speed wise. But I think with Donovan Peoples-Jones, he does have that potential, um, regardless of whether it is Devontae Adams, he's next to or not next year. I do think he will be the wide receiver too there. Um, but I, I struggle with Baker Mayfield still being that quarterback next year. Um, he, he, he has the fifth-year option, so you're waiting an extra year for what you've what you're hoping happens to happen. Um, I thought they hadn't picked it up. Am I? Um, am I I'm, I yeah, I'm looking was... on spot track right now and it, they have him as a fifth year option, 18 million next year. Oh, okay. So Maybe. you're, you're waiting an extra year, basically. Fair enough. Um, but I, but I, I still, still love the pick. Yeah. I still wouldn't be shocked if they found a way to move on, you know, maybe if, if you're, if you're trading um, for a quarterback, whether it be Russell Wilson or you know, or Aaron Rodgers or something, maybe 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 Mayfield is, is oh. going somewhere else. You know, what if what if you could see, you know, Aaron Rodgers goes to Cleveland for three first round picks, and Baker Mayfield goes to Carolina for a, a second. You know, maybe Carolina make that same mistake again with quarterback <laughs> from the same draft club. You know, I just think that if they're the, the Browns of ways that they can move on from Baker despite that fifth year option. And I just think that this is a team that is built with they are to me a top three roster in the NFL outside of the quarterback position. I just think that Baker is is appalling, quite frankly. And I, I really do believe that his days in, in Cleveland are done now. Yeah, so moving on, Rich, the dynasty spotlight. Um, Rashad Penny, he had 17 rushing attempts for 135 yards and a touchdown. I've said multiple times this year uh, I wanted Rashad Penny to be a thing, um, and I gave up hope. And as soon as I gave up hope, he's had some good weeks come in. Um, Rich, you've put on the show sheet, is he the answer next year? I'll let you answer that one. Um, I don't want my hype to go too far. Yeah, I... It scares me with situations like this because look, I've I've been holding out hope that Rashad Penny was going to be uh, uh, finally pay on on the draft capital I spent on him, and I don't think he's gone anywhere near to paying back what what I spent <laughs> on him or, or indeed what the Seahawks spent on him. But he's he's getting there. Now he is a free agent, but we have seen if if Seattle bring back Pete Carroll and bring back that that entire regime, I want to say Schrager is their GM. I'm trying to think off the top of my head and can't think what his name is. Um, but if they, they bring back the whole scheme, we've seen time and time again that when a regime spends a high draft pick on a player, they're more likely to re-sign him because they almost don't want to admit defeat. We saw with Tavon Austin get that obscene contract with the Rams 
after he'd been a first-round pick. And I do wonder if if Rashad Petty is now showing enough to almost get re-signed in Seattle. And look, I've said it time and time again, I, I think Chris Carson is pretty much done. I think anytime you've got degenerative arthritic conditions in your neck, probably American football is not the sport for you anymore. Um, so I do wonder if we could see Rashad Petty come back as the uh, the lead back in Seattle. And, you know, look, I, I, I can't buy into any running back ever, potentially, but I definitely can't buy into a running back that's got the injury record of Rashad Penny. So if it opens a sell window, I'm absolutely selling. But I am very intrigued if uh, if he could be a perhaps longer than uh, the next couple of weeks answer in Seattle. What do you think? Um, I think he'll get more of an opportunity than he has done, whether that's been through injury or being in um, being in the bad books of Pete Carroll. But I do think he'll get a bit more of an opportunity going forward. I just don't think that come up with this free agency class, um, you'll see um, Penny pick up that full workload. Um, the, the running back free agency class looks pretty decent. Um, so there are a bunch of options. And then you've also got the draft, which although people are saying that the, the running back draft isn't the best. Um, it's you, two two got, decent options, I think. Yeah, you, you've, still got, and you've still got good um, options here and there. Um, I, I think Penny will be in some sort of timeshare next year, um, is my, my full opinion. And the name you're looking for for the Seattle GM bridge was John Snyder, um, oh, not Schrager. I was, I was close. I'll take Schrager. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. you know, a, a moral victory there and, uh, and I'll roll with that. <laughs> um, You've got to spin anything into a win, haven't you, Rich? Oh, always. Always be winning. Always be winning. Um, <laughs> so we don't before we go, Sorry, before we go did you want to give us a quick... Um, cover rundown of the uh, the dynasty list league yes yeah, so um alex and phil uh, managed to get to the final this week um which was a little bit of an upset because the top two seeds both uh liam and jason who had buys last or the week before um uh, are now playing for third third uh third place so yeah congratulations to alex and phil uh playing for the the first title of the listener league and i'm sure there will be a prize because it's the it's a five-yard dynasty listener league and um, rich is there anything you want to plug i know that i've got something so i'll start off with that and um, i uh last year ran a playoff league on my fantasy league um and I'll be running a few more this year. So keep your eye out. Um, it will be posted on my Twitter at the FSA tweets. Um, so keep an eye out. I'll be running a few different leagues this year. I believe I only did one last year. Um, so that will be during the playoffs, um, the actual NFL playoffs, not the ones currently ongoing for fantasy. Um, you There'll be multiple different formats, but one of them is um, you, you select a team, uh, one one player from each team from each conference and then um you basically don't touch it for the rest of the year uh, or the, the rest of the playoffs and see who comes out on top at the end um and and it was a lot of fun so i'll be running a few few of those next year or, or coming up in the next few weeks and i'll be taking some entries probably in a week or two's time sounds good i, I very much look forward to it and uh, and yeah, no, nothing from me to plug. Check check out my Twitter. Check out my Patreon. Um, and yeah, very much looking forward to. We started scheduling some guests for the off season, so uh, looking forward to some uh, some exciting projects coming in the next few weeks. But uh, but as always, um, keep safe. Enjoy uh, enjoy the next few weeks before we end up in a lockdown. And uh, and uh, week. <laughs> thanks for listening. See you again next week.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.